Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by Chris Clow, editor of Reverse Mortgage Daily, to talk about the latest news, including how reverse originators are working to fill their pipeline right now. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me back, Sarah. I appreciate it. Always good to connect with you. Great to have you on and learn what's happening in the reverse space. And my first question is really on the forward side, we're really seeing a lot of uh, originators doing different things to find success in this market, right? It might be they're, they're reaching out in different ways. They're looking at doing different products. How does that translate in the reverse side? What are, what are originators doing there? Yeah, it's you know it's interesting because of course reverse is impacted by a lot of the same forces that impact the forward side but just differently. That's kind of the running theme with reverse generally is that it's a mortgage but it's also pretty different. So the impacts are going to be uh felt a little bit differently by reverse mortgage professionals. One of the uh conversations that I've been having with originators in different parts of the country uh, has been focused specifically on this topic. And what a lot of them tell me is that consistency is key. You know, there's one professional that I spoke to based out of Northern California. His name is Rich Pinnell. He works for Primary Residential Mortgage Incorporated. And he's been in the business a long time. And he was very frank when I asked him about these kinds of issues and telling me, look, I've been here since before the 2008-9 financial crisis. I know what boom and bust cycles look like in the reverse mortgage business. And one of the things that I always do when business is down is I just go back to the things that work. Um, Going back to the things that work seems to be a, a, a big source of optimism that he specifically has, but also too, since the reverse mortgage business is so singularly focused on the senior demographic, one of the things that seems to continuously work for him and and some other similarly situated professionals is just outreach. You know, you have to talk to these people where they are. You have to uh, figure out what their what maybe some of the shared attributes of the financial situation might be that you might be able to insert yourself into so that they know if they might be running into some issues with liquidity and with cash flow, then this is an option that's available to them. One of the things that Rich told me that I thought was interesting uh, during the holidays is that he sat down once he realized that volume was dropping off industry-wide and as he was starting to see some of his own volume dropping off, he sent he he took the time to sit down and write personalized emails to every person that he's been in contact with whether they went through with a reverse mortgage or not and i asked him well how many emails did you write he said oh probably a couple hundred and um i didn't just have a a form letter that i sent out because you can tell when someone does that no i i sat down and i made sure to write individual emails to each and every one of these people And the result, you know, it's not going to be 200 new loans, but it is going to be a couple probably. And uh, he did find a a couple of potential customers that he is continuing to pursue. And the leads are a lot hotter than they were had he not done that. So I think that that's probably illustrative of a lot of the differences in reverse. There's such a personal touch that is required to, uh, to actually close these loans because there is an element of 
trust that seniors want to have with a reverse mortgage professional before they decide to go through with business. And, uh, you know, that personal touch is extremely important for a lot of people. Um, and, you know, I also spoke to an originator um, out of uh, the Washington, D.C. area. Her name is Lori McNaughton. She's been featured on RMD several times in the past. But one of the things that she has found uh, has worked for her is she said, I need to rely on my strengths. When business is down, I need to know what I'm good at and I need to double down on that. And she said that two of the things that she's good at are writing and teaching which are really good skills to have in the reverse mortgage space. So she's actually taken a rather novel approach, at least in comparison with a lot of her peers. And she's uh, created very small cartoons that she has posted to her YouTube channel that she has sent out to, um, to potential contacts that explain a lot of the basics of how a reverse mortgage works and some of the use cases. And she's found that she manages to capture leads that way because as seniors aren't you know, super technologically inclined, they're probably more inclined for tech than a lot of people give them credit for. And, uh, the, her ability to capture business on, on that front is proof of that, I think. So there's no one way to, uh, try and bolster your reverse mortgage business when volume is down. Um, and I'm sure that there are several more approaches that uh, that I'm not listing, but I'm still p- reaching out to people because this is probably not going to go away anytime soon. However, in talking to reverse mortgage executives over the past couple of months, they are pretty optimistic that as the year goes on, things will improve. I love that. I cannot believe she does cartoons, like personalized cartoons. That is the coolest thing. And it's just proof that like tap into what it is that you can do. It's going to be different for every person, right? Like I, you don't want me drawing you cartoons, (laughs) but I could do the, you know, like that reaching out personally with emails. That's something almost everybody can do. And I just love hearing just the range of, of creative things that originators are doing and that will stand them in, in great stead because, you know, just like um, the first uh, Pinel that you mentioned, the fact that, you know, he's doing that now, who knows what he gets from that now, but like two years from now, that also pays dividends. So it's not just when times are really tough, right? Like all of these things are, are the things that you uh, need to be doing all the time to grow your pipeline. Yeah. And I think it also just emphasizes, especially with the senior demographic. I mean, it, I, I don't think it's necessarily more true of seniors than it is, than it is with other people, but it's certainly true that first impressions are a really big indicator of how a business relationship can progress. I mean, really like any relationship can progress, but in business, you know, he went back to people that he had maybe only contacted once before, but uh, making clear that you are around and that this product is here to meet a specific need can make all the difference between closing and not closing alone. So, uh, the fact that he's keeping that in mind and that he's pushing forward, he also tells me right up front, look, I'm a glass half full kind of guy. And (laughs) granted that's true of a lot of people in the reverse mortgage business, the sky could be falling and they might be able to find a silver lining in some cloud somewhere. But, uh, there is something to be said for having that mindset when you are trying to persist through challenging times. And, uh, you know, the reverse mortgage industry uh, is definitely a poster child when it comes to persisting through tough times. 
I love that. And it echoes what we're seeing in other parts of the industry too. I mean, we had uh, the, I interviewed Bob Rooksmith, who's the CEO of the MBA, Mortgage Bankers Association. And it was the same, you know, most people, no matter where they are in this space, they see that, you know, interest rates have already dropped to like 6.04, I think was the low last week. It's gone up a little bit since then, but we can all imagine, you know, mortgage rates getting below the sixes and even way closer to five as the years goes as the year goes on. So that is going to be positive for everybody in our space. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I spoke to the president and CEO, or I guess just the CEO of Open Mortgage in December, Scott Gordon. And um, he said that, you know, our business mix is very, uh, we're, we're not only doubling down on reverse, but we're tripling down on reverse. You know, we've had to uh, institute some layoffs on the forward side just because capacity uh, doesn't need to be as big as it was a year ago. But with reverse, I mean, they've been hiring people quite a lot. And um, by the end of the year, they were on track to have tripled their reverse mortgage staff in comparison to the year before. So, um, you know, they are really bullish on the potential prospects of the reverse mortgage space improving. I mean, the common discussions all the time, uh, whether it's people who have been engaged in the reverse business for a long time or people who are just starting to take a look at it, is that there's ongoing demographic strength. You know, the, the U.S. population generally is getting older and you're going to need to find ways to shore up. Uh, their finances in retirement because a lot of older people have not saved sufficiently for retirement. So this is something that uh, consistently reemerges as a talking point for the reverse industry. Uh, but there, there is merit to it just because of the way demographics are trending. Well, and also uh, the way the stock market goes, right? So if you're ready to retire and you just took a hit in the stock market, but you know you have all this equity in your house. I mean, these things, you know, they can offset each other. So I, I do know that this is, uh, you know, I think going forward, we can see how this is going to be, continue to be, in, you know, interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, home prices in, in some markets, they have dropped, but not very much in comparison to the gains that they've posted over the past couple of years. So that could be a very viable path forward for somebody if they're looking to unlock that equity. Absolutely. Well, you also have lots of news going on. And as opposed to uh, talking to people and find out what they're doing, there's also lots of things happening, including, I think you were telling me before we started about a uh, sentencing coming up. Yeah. So this goes back to a story that um, RMD had initially broken back in mid 2019, a former top 10 reverse mortgage lender called Livewell Financial rather abruptly closed up shop in May. And then a few months after that, their uh, their former CEO was arrested by the FBI uh, for an alleged bond fraud scheme. He was he went through a trial. Uh, two of the former executives that worked alongside him testified on behalf of the government, and he was ultimately found guilty of uh, bond fraud on I think it was five counts uh, when the trial was completed in April of 2021. Um, that was almost two years ago. And during the intervening time, uh, the, the former CEO, his name is Michael Hild, had uh, changed attorneys. He was trying to say that his uh, th his trial attorney had his attention divided so that he was not the beneficiary of proper counsel during the trial. And uh, he had spent two years trying to either get a new trial uh, or his conviction overturned. 
the presiding judge only very recently said that uh, the conviction is going to be upheld and that it's going to progress to sentencing on January 27th. So one of the things that I'm actually working on today on the day that we're recording this is that Hill's attorney and the attorneys for the the federal government have submitted their uh, sentencing requests. Hill's uh, sentencing request is basically probation in addition to uh, the compensation for the victims, which in this case are mostly investment banks. Um, But the government is saying that uh, Hill does continue to show no remorse. And as such, uh, they're seeking a 15 year sentence. So a lot of there's certainly a difference of opinion in terms of uh, the application of the sentencing, but the presiding judge is set to make a decision on that on January 27th, which is this coming Friday. That is coming soon. That's crazy that it's been dragging on that long. That'll be interesting to see. We also have things about, you know, the new Heckam limit at a at million dollars. Tell us about that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's pretty historic, all things considered. This is the very first time that, and, I mean, and it's not only for reverse mortgages because um, these limits apply to the forward program as well, but the Heckam uh, limit is now just over $1 million. I think it's $1,089,300, if I'm remembering correctly. And uh, that has obvious implications for uh, the reverse mortgage business, particularly in regions of the country with higher value homes. So places like California and Florida, for instance, uh, and and parts of the, the, uh, the Northeast. But um, I asked a couple of originators about what this could mean. And certain originators who are in maybe less uh, valuable areas of the country don't see that much of a difference. But People in higher value areas where before borrowers might have to rely on a proprietary reverse mortgage that is separate from the FHA sponsored program. Now more of those borrowers could potentially be captured by the FHA program and, and, you know, FHA uh, association with a reverse mortgage program is generally a bit of an easier sell, especially for a needs-based borrower. Um, proprietary reverse mortgage loan limits can go upwards of $4 million. So, you know, that's like the, in the jumbo arena for people who are sitting on a lot of equity, but for people who might just have bought a, a residential home in Southern California and are now seeing uh, significant gains on their home equity now have a potential path to unlock more of it. So originators in those higher value areas certainly see the the benefit. Lori McNaughton, who I spoke to uh, from the Washington, D.C. area, said that there is a pretty big difference and a lot more uh, output in terms of the contact that she's making with homeowners of uh, of those higher value homes. So I think the industry in general is very optimistic about what that could mean for the future. Um, I know that uh, certain... Um, administration officials in years past have questioned the validity of having an FHA lending program over a million dollars, but it doesn't look like that's going away anytime soon. And uh, in terms of the applications to the HECM program, there are potentially quite a lot, especially as we see uh, lenders who did offer proprietary products either exiting the, the business altogether or consolidating with other major players Um, the providers of proprietary products are more limited than they were just a few months ago. 
So, uh, you know, we'll have to see in the longer term what this is going to mean, but certainly in the uh, short term and the immediate reaction from the industry, it's, uh, it's pretty positive. I can imagine in a place like Florida, that would make <laughs> a lot of people happy, right? You have a, a huge retiree population. You also have those coastal, uh, you know, costs, even though maybe it's not as high as California, you definitely have some areas that are. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the common uh, discussions surrounding reverse mortgages generally is just that, well, the upfront cost is higher. But a lot of the professionals that I speak to say that it's really important to properly contextualize that upfront cost and what you're getting for it. You know, if, if your financial situation would be transformed on a monthly basis by being able to get rid of a monthly mortgage payment, which for many is the biggest monthly expense, then uh, you know you should consider what those uh, higher upfront costs will do in the long run, especially if you're going to set up like a standby line of credit and just have access to, uh, to that credit line uh, more commonly than you would if you were getting a HELOC because HELOCs, you know, you can pull those at the drop of a hat. The lending institution can pull those uh, if the terms do not uh, favor them uh, for whatever reason. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal for the industry. And I'm sure that they are going to be looking at what this could mean in terms of potentially expanding volume, especially among um, clients who have never engaged in the reverse mortgage product before. Which that's, that's the opportunity, right? To, <laughs> to, to really get out there and find some new people. And as you said, I mean, all of the demographics support that. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you, you take a look at some of the huge volume gains that the industry posted over the last couple of years, a significant portion, like either at or over half of the reverse mortgage volume done in 2021 and 2022 were refinances, were heckam to heckam refinances. So it was people that were already engaged with the business. And I had covered for months what analysts had been saying about uh, warning originators, you know, that you should not just go back to people who have uh, previously engaged with the business. It, it doesn't do anything to expand the proverbial reverse mortgage pie. Uh, you really got to be hitting the bricks and finding those new to reverse customers. And when rates went up, volume tanked because those refis basically just went away. There's, they're still being done in some cases, but the threshold for a potential benefit to a borrower is much, much higher than it was uh, one to two years ago. So, um, you know, that those new to reverse customers are going to be really important. So anything that can transpire to make the case to new people that a reverse mortgage is worth exploring. That's what the industry is now primarily concerned with. It looks like there's some headway being made, but we'll I'll be keeping a very close eye on the industry's performance metrics over the next five to six months to see how much of a dent is being made. I look forward to that. You know, one of the stories that um, you covered last week that I thought was fascinating was an Arizona bill that could wipe out property taxes for uh, some people who have paid off mortgages, but actually reverse borrowers could end up paying more. And property taxes is one of those things that's sort of like the asterisk on a on a reverse mortgage. So tell me about that story. Yeah. So this was a bill that was introduced by a recently elected state representative. Her name is Rachel Jones. Um, she's a Republican who represents a lot of the Tucson area in the state's 17th district, uh, which also includes other parts of Maricopa County. But the bill that she introduced um, compares property tax charges on homes without mortgages to paying sales taxes on items that have 
already been purchased. So her bill would basically remove property taxes for people who have paid off their mortgages. There has been a rather organized and um, and fervent, I don't think it's opposition is the right word because the, the bill is still in the debating stages. It's not anywhere close to being voted on. But uh, one of the byproducts is that um, uh, people who are engaged in a reverse mortgage would go from paying no property taxes at all to once again having an annual bill. But some of the other problems that, uh, that people have raised is that there's no means testing in the current version of the bill. So if someone decided to swoop in from out of state, like from California, for instance, if they've really benefited from a huge spike in their property values and are sitting on a windfall and want to buy a house with cash in Arizona, then if they're able to do that, then they wouldn't pay any property taxes. And is that something that uh, that people in Arizona would want if someone swooped in from another state and uh, you know, was just able to buy a house and not have to pay anything back to the state itself. So there's a long way to go for this. And certainly the reverse mortgage component, uh, needs to be addressed because, you know, people, whether you're in Arizona or anywhere else in the country are usually getting into a reverse mortgage arrangement to try and limit their monthly expenses or their annual expenses. And if you have to go back to paying property taxes when you didn't before, then that's a significant uh, expense for people, especially those who are living on a fixed income. So uh, it's just a really interesting development. It's a rather novel approach that I certainly haven't seen explored in a lot of other state legislatures, Um, but it looks like it's got a long way to go before it actually gets to the floor. And for, to her credit, uh, representative Jones is, is, um, open to a lot of the criticisms and to make the bill more palatable, I guess, once it actually does progress through the committees and will actually make it to the floor. So we'll see if that actually happens, but the, the chief lawmaker is certainly open to enhancements that could benefit more Arizonans, it seems. Interesting. I think the property tax debate is going to be one that we just see heating up all over the country because, you know, the the great thing about property values going up is you've got a lot of equity. The bad thing is your taxes went up. So, you know, you're, you're a homeowner with a lot of equity, but you are paying more every year and it hits especially people on the fixed income. So I think that that's fascinating to watch and see what what happens over the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the the biggest moves and shakes in the reverse mortgage business can happen at that state legislative level. Um, you know, the Reverse Mortgage Trade Association is very involved in uh, trying to expand access to the business, and a lot of the ways that they do that is through discussions with state legislators. Um, I've been in conversation for a while now with um, originators out of the state of Massachusetts. Uh, because there is a unique restriction on business there where uh, counseling, which is a necessary component of the reverse mortgage transaction, can only be conducted in person. And COVID exacerbated a serious problem with that, but there's also just a a shortage of counselors generally. And if a senior has to travel in some cases, maybe hundreds of miles to see uh, a counselor, that's just not a tenable situation for them in many cases. So uh, these state legislatures are really important in terms of facilitating more access to the reverse mortgage product category, which can be a, a, a pretty big hurdle to overcome when you consider 
the reputational problems that the reverse mortgage business has had for several years. So that's a very interesting and potent area to watch when it comes to developments in the space. Absolutely. Again, Arizona is one of those, you know, sunbelt states where you think that there are a lot of snowbirds, a lot of people who uh, transplanted there to to live there while they grow old. So interesting times. What are you looking at for this week? What is on your radar? So uh, today I'm working on publishing an interview that I conducted with two reverse mortgage division leaders out of One Trust Home Loans. They uh, recently engaged into a partnership with a provider of um, uh, what they call smart health savings accounts, which helps to provide uh, customers access to financial professionals. So uh, the reverse mortgage division leaders at OneTrust see this as a potential path forward to facilitating more solid connections between the reverse mortgage industry and more financial planners, which is probably like at the top of the pile when it comes to referral partners that reverse mortgage professionals want. Uh, financial planners carry a significant amount of weight with their uh, with their clients and with the uh, people who manage those assets. So that's something that they're really looking forward to. There is another uh, educational webinar that's being hosted by the Reverse Mortgage Trade Association about life expectancy set-asides that I'm going to be sitting on on this afternoon, and I'm sure I'll have some coverage for that. I'm also going to be recording a new episode of the RMD podcast with uh, the person who's been putting those webinars on. His name is Craig Barnes. He's a reverse mortgage educator. Uh, and, uh, I, I've always, uh, had, uh, great interactions with him and he knows the business inside and out. And I'm looking forward to sharing those insights with, uh, with the rest of the RMD audience. I also recently conducted an interview with Harlan Akala, who's the national director of reverse lending at fairway independent mortgage. So that'll be going up on the site, I think this week. And then, uh, you know, looking ahead to, uh, to the sentencing date and we'll see how things shake out in the LiveWop case. So, as usual, as I think I have said every time I've been on the show with you, you know, there's a lot to keep track of, but uh, there's certainly uh, no shortage of things to talk about. That's for sure. Well, we love having you on. Thanks for uh, updating us on everything that's happening in reverse. And we will have you on again soon. Thanks, Chris. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Sarah. have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to HousingWire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.